is Railbirds, presented by My Racehorse. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Railbirds, our second episode of the My Racehorse podcast, the podcast that is for you, the owners, the fans, just as the business model is for My Racehorse. The more, the merrier. We want to get everybody involved, and we want to bring you closer to the horses, to the horsemen and women, and to this game that we all know and love. I'm Christina Blacker. I'm your host. I'm joined by Hannah Bloom, the social media and marketing manager for My Racehorse. Very soon, we are going to be joined by our special guest, and that is both owner Sean Stafford and also Hall of Fame rider and Triple Crown winner Victor Espinosa. We're right in the middle of Triple Crown season, so we thought it was definitely a perfect time to have him on board. But Hannah, before we begin, I have to say it's been a good couple of weeks for my racehorse. Any highlights for you? It really has, Christina. I mean, last weekend was Preakness and we had Straight No Chaser trained by your husband, Dan Blacker. So we're coming off of a really exciting weekend for all of those owners we also had Cumberland Falls win that same day at Monmouth Park. So it's been really exciting. Hopefully we can keep that momentum going into the summer and also as we round out the Triple Crown with Belmont. So no better guest than Victor. I was lucky enough to be there for the Preakness and, of course, to take that in and to be there for Straight No Chasers win, which was so exciting. And there's been a lot of great articles written about him since then. We're really looking forward to what's next. So if you're involved with Straight No Chaser, I Keep on celebrating. Keep on watching those replays. I know I've watched it a million times myself. And then for everybody else, we hope that you are a fan of Straight No Chaser and of all of the horses that are competing with those My Race Horse silks as we move ahead through the rest of 2023. Also, just quick touch on, on the Triple Crown itself. So we're two races in. We saw Mage win the Kentucky Derby, which I think just speaks to how well this model, the My Race Horse model, is in terms of bringing people into the game. I 100% agree. It's kind of the future of racing, right? That's what Michael Behrens has always said, that microshare ownership is the way to get everyone involved. And so it's been really exciting seeing Mage, like you said. And then last weekend, he didn't make it, to the, you know, didn't make it with the win at the Preakness. And so now it's we don't have a triple crown this year, but either way, still exciting. Still makes the the races so excited to look forward to. You know, this is kind of our, our big season in addition to Breeders' Cup. So there are highlights. We're a few weeks away from the Belmont. We'll talk more about that. And, and hopefully we'll see some my racehorse horses that are competing throughout that week in the Belmont meet. And of course, into Saratoga, it's a great time to, to be a racing fan. So without any more further ado, let's bring in our first guest. And that is my racehorse owner and edge owner as well, Sean Stafford, joining us. Sean, thanks so much for joining the podcast. Tell us where you are and uh, how your day's been going. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. This is this is amazing. Uh, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. My day's going great. Really looking forward to uh, speaking with you ladies and uh, also Victor. Great. Well, Sean, thanks so much for having us. I know I've been able to spend a little bit of time with you at some races. I remember you were here for Forbidden Kingdom last year, so it's been great to uh, continue this relationship. You know, I know you said you have about 25 My Race horses, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, 25. Well, as of right now, uh, there's a new <laughs> release here soon, so I'll probably be adding to the stable. And what got you first interested in horse racing in general and then to make that transition into ownership with My Race Horse? Uh, sure. Good question. So um, I work a lot. Uh, don't have a lot of hobbies, but I work a lot. And my wife, I think she got kind of tired of me uh, just milling around the house and told me that I need to get a hobby. So um, one of the people I'm friends with, uh, friends with on Facebook, she's a writer, uh, more English style, but um, she had posted something about uh, fractional ownership in racehorses. And it was a horse called Authentic. And I had, I, I, I had been to the Derby before. I mean, I'm in Louisville. You're, it's a kind of an obligation. You go to the Derby. But 
um, I hadn't really thought about uh, race horse ownership as kind of a thing. Uh, and I saw that and I was like, well, hey, that looks fun. I can own a piece of a racehorse. Didn't know anything about Authentic. Uh, didn't know anything about my racehorse. Didn't know anything about race uh, horse racing in general. But I was like, well, this looks like this could be a, a fun thing. And it said that uh, perhaps you get paddock access or you get different types of uh, perks or what have you. And I was like, well, I'm here in Louisville. It makes it easy so I can go down the track. And so I bought uh, five shares in Authentic. And I was like, okay. Well, this is cool. We're going to see what happens. And uh, then lo and behold, Derby Day comes and uh, I'm all I'm all hyped up and I'm like, well, my horse is running in the Derby. And my wife's like, sure. OK, great. Uh, and she didn't really expect much. And I was like, oh, he's probably going to win it. Uh, and she's like, OK, sure. Well, he wins it. And of course, she's floored. And then. <laughs> Uh, I'm like, oh, well, I've got a new hobby now. This, this is my hobby. And then I started buying a bunch more, which then led me into Edge. And I think led, uh, Ed, excuse me, Edge is kind of like the graduate program of my racehorse. You get into my racehorse, you kind of get the feel for it, try to understand what you're doing a little bit. And then after you're ready to kind of take that plunge, then Edge is kind of that next step. And so that's what led me into Edge. Um, but all of it together, truthfully, has been a, a big godsend because um, – you're able to get into a network of other individuals who are kind of like-minded. And I've been able to meet, of course, Hannah, who's been just absolutely amazing, and Joe Moran and Sarge and Caitlin over at My Racehorse. And uh, it's an experience, right? Like you're in it for an experience. When you buy something for My Racehorse, you can't really take a horse home with you. You're not, you're not getting something, you know, really tangible in your hands. You're getting the experience. And that's what I was really going for with all this is kind of, getting the whole entire experience and um yeah that's happened and i continue to buy more because i'm i'm hooked on that experience well i love to hear that i mean i don't think you could have been a better spokesperson in how you explain that's everything the commercial we're gonna literally I mean, that's all we need so sean thank you um but yes i agree with your sentiments and i agree i mean what a great start authentic obviously you know 206 dollars. you said you had five shares that's amazing um that day was crazy i remember i mean i wasn't there sadly, but watching it, I mean, no one thought he could win and you did. So that's great. You had great faith in him. And as you've said, now you've graduated to edge, but you still continue to buy micro shares. Cause like you said, it's a great opportunity. I know I had a chance to speak with you. You said you have a few shares and sees the gray now, correct? Um, he just shipped uh, in to D Wayne Lucas's barn. So that's very exciting. Yeah. 50, I bought 50 shares. I mean, I own, I own, I own uh, 1% of that horse. Cause I'm really excited about him. I keep on telling uh, my friends that uh, who are, who also owns shares in my racehorse that he's going to be next year's Kentucky Derby winner. So you've heard, you heard it here first people. Uh, I've, I've already made the prediction. It's, it's basically a cast in stone. You're one for one on those predictions. So I think we'll, we'll let you, we'll let you roll with it. That is for sure. We're going to bring victory in a second here, but I want to know what you're most excited about just in terms of talking to triple crown winner, Victor Espinosa. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, it's, it's a great day whenever you can talk to somebody with such a storied career. Well, let's uh, bring him in then. Let's let's not wait any longer. Victor Espinoza is joining us here as well on Real Birds, our second ever podcast for the show. And we're not pulling any punches. We started with Johnny Velasquez. We're rolling right into the Hall of Famer and the Triple Crown winner, Victor Espinoza. Victor, good morning. And thanks for joining us today. Good morning, guys. We're so excited to have you here. And I do want to just kind of dive into Triple Crown because we're right in the middle of that season right now. And I'm sure you've had this question many, many times. But as you reflect on 
that year back in 2015. What are your memories and, and how has that kind of settled with you in terms of your accomplishment winning the Triple Crown with American Pharaoh? I mean, the memories, that's, that's all I work for, to create memories in life. Um, you know, like my racehorse, they do as a hobby. I do it as memories. Um, you know, just lucky enough to be able to drive, to ride all these amazing horses, all the champions there in my career, how lucky I am, right? <laughs> and uh, Yeah, and, and also, uh, but also I have... Um, not just luck, a lot of work and a lot of dedication, consistency, consistency in life. But that's all I think it makes up for, for, for me to do a better job in my career. Sean, we'll turn it over to you. Any questions you have for Victor this morning? Yeah, I, I would love to ask just a few if it'd be okay. So, Victor, um, one of the things uh, that a lot of people see with you is success. Uh, and that's, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it, top of your game, you've got a lot of wins under your belt, belt. Like I said before, you've got a storied career, but people always see the success. They don't really see all the years of work that took, in, uh, that it took in order to get the success that you now enjoy. So a question for you would be, when was the turning point in your career as a jockey, whenever you went from being a guy who just rode horses and was trying to make it to where you kind of turned that corner. You knew that like, now I am a professional jockey, like people take me seriously and you're on, and then you are on top of your game. When was that turning point for you, do you think? I think um, uh, when, probably in 2099, the year, uh, I, as a jockey, uh, I never feel like, you know, I will be, I'm the best. I accomplished everything that I want to do when I started my career. No, I still believe there. Every day I learn something new, and I every day I want to ride some some better horses. <laughs> Actually, and 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 the first of the year because um, you know the the babies start, and it's so excited for me um, to looking forward to find the right babies because babies are so amazing when they come start. They, you know, you see them start going to the track, and I was like. I like that one, and and every day I see it. Oh, every weekend I see. Oh, I like that horse. Oh, I like the way this horse trained. Um, but in terms of my uh, my experience in my career, I I think uh, even when I'm when when I was winning all the races and riding all the amazing horses, um, I always want to do more. I always want to be better, and I never think that I am. Um, learning enough or just be better jockey than anybody. I just want to beat everyone. <laughs> Life lessons, it sounds like. Yeah. Sean, do you have another one for Victor as we keep going here on Real Birds? Yeah, I've got one more for you, Victor. Um, so kind of um, going back to the, the success, like everybody sees the success and very few people see all of the hard work that it goes that goes into it because you ride for a few moments, but those few moments was was built on years worth of work yeah. behind the scenes that nobody really saw. Um, early on, you had some challenges. We all, we all do, regardless of where we are in life. It's life. None of us come out unscathed. 
So what were some of those early challenges that you saw whenever you first or the, the experience when you first became a, a jockey and, and maybe still continue with today? What are some of those challenges and, and how, have, how have you overcome them through, throughout your career? I think my big, biggest challenge in, in the beginning is my weight. <laughs> Maintain my weight for like <laughs> basically yeah, every day. It's so hard. And, and also the training. Uh, like uh, physical, um, the, the the training they required to be hundred percent. Obviously, I'm never going to be hundred percent fit, but because I, and basically in my mind, I always think that I can do better in my fitness to ride those horses because I always think that in my mind that like okay, the horse is training so hard every day for performing the race that they can run the best they can. And, and if I'm on top of the horse, I want to be in the same situation as a thickness of the horse. So I don't want to be, you know, I'm not, I don't want to go there and ride the horse and then get a little tired in the end. Um, that, that's the worst feeling, by the way. The other thing is hardest when, when things go wrong. You know, you can never, I can never do, when things go wrong, you can never do things right. And, and no matter how much you tried, and sometimes trying too hard, it's always a mistake. Because when, when I, I remember I was trying, like, oh, there was one year that I was not doing it any good. And I was trying so hard. And every race that I ride, I always make mistakes. And then and, and finally, I, I, I learned that I was like, you know what, I'm going to do the same thing. And I'm not going to change anything. And that's when things come around to turn around and just I let it come and do my job and just start to build it up again. But um, I think uh, when when um, it was a few times that uh, it was really hard for me to build it up my uh, business and 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 I feel like. Um, just you know going to the track and and pretty much empty workout and it was a time that i thought okay i work out so hard i maintain my weight i don't eat what i want <laughs> and 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 training so hard but i don't win in any races and i don't ride that many so that's the those are the times that make me a better rider because what fun it will be if you're just always in top, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you're never gonna, you never fail. I think when you, when I go down and fail so hard, then when, then I always think that I want to come back, I will come back stronger, better, and learn to not make that mistakes that I make before. Uh, because don't forget that I, I'm not perfect. I always make mistakes, <laughs> but I try not to. I try to minimize those mistakes. Yeah. It takes so much self-motivation, I think. You know, we, we forget about that from a jockey's perspective. It's it's about momentum and confidence, but also just about that drive that you have inside yeah. yourself to be the best version of yourself. I'm curious, Victor, what you think about uh, just from an outside perspective and from a jockey's perspective, this year's first two legs of the Triple Crown that we've had so far, because to that point and to that point of being consistent and never giving up, Javier Castellano won his first Kentucky Derby this year. Johnny Velasquez won his first 
Preakness this year. These are some of the best riders that we have in the game. So what's that like for you and for the other riders to watch these guys that I think you all know and love and respect finally get that achievement that they've worked for for so hard for so long? How about that? I don't love them. I respect them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was amazing. I, I thought, uh, you know, see that that's exactly an example there. Javier Castellano. Um, I, uh, when I went to Saratoga, I think it was two years ago, Rice Easy. And I went in the backyard to warm up because there's a mechanical horse in there before I ride the CC and he was there. I think he was riding one horse. So we always like, you know, as, as a jockey, we're, we're in this in one room and we all have a conversation. When they do good, we have nothing to talk about it, right? Yeah. But when, when, do, when we do bad, then it's a lot of things that we can talk about. <laughs> so we have a long conversation in there that he was not doing good and he was like, you know, trying and all this stuff. And, um, you know, same, he was talking to me because that was the first time he was not doing good and during his career, right? I said, don't worry about it. It's like, for me, I experienced those things quite a few times. Like I've been up and down quite a few times. And uh, it, it, but you know what? As long as you're in the game, you have a chance to build it back up and unexpected. It's all it has to be like consistency. And, and, and if you, like, sometimes you, you put yourself in the right time, in the right place, in the right time. And as the only need is just one chance, one horse. And that horse, it will build up back to your career. And But if you don't try, if you just give up, then it will never happen, right? right. <laughs> and look at this time. I was happy for him because, look, he was two years ago, a year ago, he was not doing much. And then basically nothing. And now this year, win the Kentucky Derby. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? Definitely an amazing story. And, you know, congratulations again to Javier Castellano on his win. Victor, I also know you've had all these amazing achievements. You have been able to ride a few of our My Race Horse horses. So I did want to mention, you know, you wrote Tis a Magician. He's a great yep. stakes winner for a while. So had to mention that. We do have a few questions from some of our owners. Um, Terrence Kogel asked, do you think the Triple Crown races should be more spread out? Mage was the only Kentucky Derby participant who ran in the Preakness. Do you think the two-week turnaround is very tough? That's been a big conversation started the last few weeks. Yeah, no. I, I think um, that's the, um, it's been for 100 million years and and that's why they require a special horse to win that uh, Triple Crown in two weeks. Um, and, 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 and anybody that can win those races, uh, that's a, really a truly a champion horse. Um, they will, uh, they, they, they have to have a special horse to win those, uh, you know, two races in two weeks. I, 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 I I know it's really tough, but like I say, if you, you extend it longer, then really the, the horses, they're not going to be as, as a truly champions like the ones that already win those, uh, you know, two triple crowns back to back in two weeks. I'm with you. So, I don't want to see it changed either. And I think even though, you know, sometimes we don't get enough horses coming back in the different legs of the races, there's something to be said for taking on fresh horses too. They may not be those horses that won the Arkansas Derby, the Florida Derby, et cetera, but some of those horses are later developing and they're coming on. So uh, I'm with you on not changing it. We have another one from an owner. This is from Mark Delolio. He says, can you explain to a non-rider such as myself how it feels when you're on an elite horse? 
<laughs> How I feel when I'm in the lead? I feel like you're the you're on the fastest horse than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and what about the best horses? Like when you know you're on a grade one type horse, what does it feel like to kind of first get that experience on one of the best of the best? You feel like you're sitting in the clouds, just floating out of there. And uh, you feel like that energy from the other ones is more powerful than any other uh, horse that you ride, like an, an allowance race or claiming race. I guess to follow up to that question, then I also have one more question afterwards. But when you say you're, you felt like you were riding on a cloud, would you kind of explain that about American Pharaoh? You know, we are talking all about the Triple Crown. Was he a different breed? You know, did he feel completely different than your other grade one winners? Or are they all kind of that same feeling? Um, the same? No, different feeling. The Everything is different. Different feeling, different personality. Um, they're there's like such a unique animals then and, and, and the way they're like they're, uh, they're some of them so powerful you can feel the energy and the power uh compared to the others you know it's just like um the you know uh, when they're running and you feel like that uh, uh powerful body that um basically when they run you you don't feel like they're gonna get higher at any point and also they're so light on their feet they're so flexible and 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 that's probably why they're yeah that's that's how like the horses feel different than others because the other ones they're it's just more like heavy and and basically uh, the body is not really flexible to do things that easy as we go into Belmont in a few weeks, um, we have another question from owner Therese Wolf. Going into the Belmont Victor, did your gut tell you this is it? How did you get through those three weeks between Preakness and Belmont with American Pharaoh? Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yes, I I was there. You know, I was lucky enough to have to two uh, opportunities or three. Actually, when I wrote Borambolo, I was not feeling it. I have this weird feeling that I did not feel like I have a chance to win. And then when I wrote California Chrome, the same thing. I was not really, I was confident, but I was like, always have some thing in my mind that it's going to be a challenge. And I when you go and then, and I, when I wrote uh, American Pharaoh, I, for somehow I have so much confidence and like, that was the best feeling I ever have. And, 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 and such an excitement feeling that I have that is just different than the other couple of times that I was there. So definitely, yeah, you, I think uh, um, uh, when, when something good is, when you're going to do something good and you know, they're going to, you know, nominate everything, um, you sense that and you feel and excited and not, it's nervous, but excitement. It's a little excited, nervous, you know? Victor, on that note, I think it's something worth bringing up and just kind of celebrating. You donated a lot of, if not all of your purse earnings from that Triple Crown to the City of Hope. You've continued to donate there. What is it about that organization <clears throat> that continues to inspire you to be so charitable? And what is it in your heart that that motivates you to give so much back? For me to donate that, all my earnings in the Triple Crown, I was like, you know, I am work so hard and do what I would like trying to do the best in my sport and be able to win the triple crown then I mean what is more there's like uh, I can build it like 
go and spend the money, right? And come buy a new car or just go vacation or something, right? But I think for that, I can help, like, you know, somebody there, they really have that horrible disease. So basically, they all come from my heart. It's nothing there, um, nothing else. And, uh, and uh, yes, I earn, I donate all my earnings for the Triple Crown. I mean, what can I do? It's like, I'm not going to be, my life is not going to change, but for others, I might. It's really, uh, it's really noble and it's really wonderful. And if, if karma is really a thing out there, you definitely have a lot of good <laughs> karma coming your way from everything that you've, that you've given back and donated. Sean, has anything that uh, Victor brought up kind of uh, touched a nerve with you? Anything you want to follow up with from our conversation so far? Well, uh, again, I just would like to say, I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure being able to get to connect with you and, and you take your time to be able to speak with with me and us today i think it's absolutely amazing you've done amazing things on the track but uh one of the things i didn't know until now is uh, about your your charitable causes that you're involved with and it really seems like you have a, a servant's heart so good for you that's that's amazing we should all be so lucky to to uh do those types of things and, and help others. So Victor, thank you so much. You've got a story career. You're absolutely amazing. Love watching you race. You've done so many great things. Thanks for taking time with us today. And thanks for all the things that you do with the, uh, your charitable giving. That's, that's absolutely amazing. Yeah, you're welcome. I think everyone does, you know, uh, uh, great things in a different way. Um, look now, you guys and my racehorse, you create a, a, a unique uh, system to be able to like have other, you know, horses and many, many people involved in the sport. I think I think it's awesome. Well, Victor, we got to get you uh, riding one of Sean's horses very soon because he has <laughs> over twenty-five my racehorse horses. So we need to team you guys up together one day. I only need that's, one. Okay. That's absolutely, <laughs> only need one. That's right. Oh, that's the lesson. I love that. You only need one. It can change your life. Everybody in this game really believes that and knows that because we've seen it happen before. Victor, thank you so much for joining us here on Railbirds. Sean, same to you guys. Thanks. We really appreciate it. It's been a great conversation. Thank you, guys. Ladies, Victor, Bye, thank you. Bye, guys. That's going to do it for the second episode of Railbirds today. Thank you so much for joining us. If you want to be involved in the next podcast, please do let us know here at My Resource if you have any suggestions for guests that you really want to hear from. Uh, anyone out there in the industry, in the business that you think would be a good special guest for us, let us know because, of course, as we mentioned, this is definitely for you guys and for the fans, for the owners. And check out the My Racehorse app, too. There's some new offerings coming up. We should mention that before we there go. There are offerings up right now, up for indicators interest so you can check out we have eight new offerings coming it's an exciting bunch so hopefully we'll uh have those up live in the next few weeks to a month and yeah let us know on social i check out everything on social so any feedback we're happy to hear about guests and whatnot but christina this has been a great episode it's been fun for victor for sean for hannah i'm christina thank you for joining us today for real birds we'll see you again very soon